first and foremost, and a very warm welcome to this new project dedicated to Europe's oldest play in Europe's oldest spoken language. My name is Conor Hanrity, and this is Persians, the podcast. A great many years ago, I saw an open university documentary all about Greek tragedy. To add a bit of drama, it included footage from a Japanese production of Euripides' play Medea, and anyone who knows me can tell you what an impact that had. The excitement of hearing an ancient play performed in a contemporary language remains. Greek tragedy continues to inspire and excite audiences all over the world. But an idea formed in my head, wondering what might happen if we tried to look at Greek tragedy in Irish. Very often people in other countries refuse to believe that we here in Ireland have a language of our own, completely different and significantly older than the English we also speak. Visitors to Ireland spot it pretty quickly since most of our street signs are bilingual. We all learn the Irish language at school, but it isn't always the most popular subject. For all that, it is essential to our culture, our psyche and our personality. Instead of saying thank you, we wish for goodness to be granted to you. Gaurav Mahagat. Now, this show isn't really about teaching the language so much as using it for dramatic effect, for entertainment and for the beauty of it. Irish adaptations of Greek tragedy have made it onto stages and bookshelves around the world for over a century. William Butler Yeats made translations of the Oedipus plays and poets like Seamus Heaney and Brendan Kennelly have turned their hand at interpreting Greek drama. Just today, the sad news broke of the death of Derek Mann, who likewise created versions of Oedipus and of the Bacchae. More recently, some of our greatest playwrights, like Frank McGuinness and Marina Carr, have created blistering new adaptations of these plays, and last year, Colm Tobin published a beautiful text inspired by Antigone and her sister. Actors from Stephen Ray to Fiona Shaw, an honoree of this year's Dublin Theatre Festival, have starred in the plays on stage, and Irish audiences have seen plenty of Greek tragedies. But it's always felt to me as though we were missing a trick by doing them in English here rather than trying it in Irish. So I figured I should give it a go. The next question, of course, was which play to do. The early decades of the 20th century were a tumultuous time on this island, during which Ireland became an independent republic. A hundred years later, we've had several years of commemorations already, and we have a few more to come. Rather conveniently, as it turns out, one Greek tragedy happens to be about a small island nation and its victory, against impossible odds, in a conflict with its neighbours to the east, a mighty empire and an age-old adversary. That play, of course, is The Persians by Aeschylus. It is the oldest surviving Greek tragedy, first performed in 472 BC. This isn't to say that it's not as accomplished or as sophisticated as plays that come later. Quite the contrary. This play was as influential as it was popular, as we will hear. Greek tragedy blossomed quite quickly in this incredible moment in human history that also gave us philosophy and democracy. Greek tragedy is an art form that appears at the same moment as people are wrestling with how to think about themselves and how to think about others. And this is certainly a play that invites us to do both. At the other end of Europe, meanwhile, on another small island nation with notoriously troublesome neighbours, 
We have Ireland and the Irish language, which can make a substantial claim to being the oldest vernacular language in Europe. Irish is an innately poetic language. Ours is a tradition that goes back centuries, and we have myths and poetic cycles in an oral and a musical tradition that rivals the best of them. Since my own Irish wouldn't necessarily be good enough to translate a play by any means, I decided to go big or go home. I approached perhaps our greatest living poet, Nuala Nihonal, and I asked if she might be interested in translating this play. And wonderfully, she said yes. There are some beautiful parallels between Irish poetry and Greek tragedy, particularly evident in the Persians, and these go far beyond the obvious parallels between Greece and Ireland as feisty islanders fighting for freedom. Dreams, catalogues of names of the lost, storytellers and laments prove to be a very fertile common ground since they all feature in classical Irish poetry and in this curiously appropriate play. During this podcast series, we'll be looking at the various scenes within the Persians. We'll hear some of it performed by some of our greatest actors, and we'll talk about what's going on within it. In a wonderful instance of life coming full circle, I've managed to enlist two of the experts who were featured in that fateful Open University episode that so changed my life, who just happen to be two of the foremost experts on Greek tragedy in the world, and they've been generous enough to join us for the show. This podcast is something of an imaginative act. It is an introduction, laying out a kind of a blueprint for a show. All of us in the performing arts have been routed by COVID-19 and countless projects have died on the vine. What might have been a work in progress or a workshop performance this year now cannot happen, since we are right now in a really tough stage of continually revised public health guidelines and mandates. A podcast felt like a virus-proof means of communicating and performing, so instead, like the bards or the messengers, we're inviting you just to listen. This podcast is an evocation of the possible, like a fireside chat or a radio broadcast. A shared experience with strangers, only right now we can't all be in the same space together. This Persians is a return to first principles, somewhere to start whenever and wherever we can start again. It's very meaningful that we're coming to you as part of a programming strand within Dublin Theatre Festival, since, of course, all Greek tragedies were first performed within a theatre festival for the city of Athens. That festival was dedicated to Dionysus, the god of theatre and of wine. Far fewer shared glasses are being raised in our city's theatre festival this year, but there's something comforting about being a part of it, even in spite of these bitter circumstances. Our contributors have worked valiantly to participate from locations all across Ireland and indeed across Europe. Due to the requirements of distance and isolation, there might be some small variations in sound quality, but we've endeavoured to make the best of what we have for you. And sure, maybe you'll raise a glass of wine while you're listening and indulge us. The Persians is a play about shocking, unforeseen loss. All of us in the arts, and in so many other walks of life, are feeling it this year. This play is a surprising act of empathy as much as it is a source of national pride. It cautions against greed and against the hubris of tampering with the environment. Amazingly, it presents us with a choice between empathy for the experience of others against jingoistic nationalism and xenophobia. 
All of this is filtered through amazing, beautiful poetry, a shield that protects us from the loss, destruction and despair that it contains. I don't know about you, but I find hope at the theatre. The theatre survives because it is a place where we can sit together and listen. We might hear another perspective. We might laugh or cry or sing along. We might see a story we've seen countless times told in a new way. And of course, we might be surprised. Always, somewhere in my heart of hearts, I'm just excited because someone is going to tell me a story. There have been exciting and interesting studies and soundbites in recent years suggesting that an audience's heartbeats can sync up during a performance. I'm not sure if I've ever quite felt that, but the closest I've been was in the ancient theatre of Epidaurus in Greece, in the moment when an audience of over 10,000 people focus their attention on the stage as they all notice that the performance is ready to begin. This shared focus, this shared attention, this shared moment when an audience becomes, for a few hours, a community. This is what the pandemic has taken from us. We can't promise to replicate all of that, but I hope you'll join us for the next nine nights as we journey through this play and Nula's beautiful translation. We will become our own festival community. Tonight is also the festival of Meragan, the Persian festival of autumn. This festival is almost as old as the play, and it celebrates friendship, affection and love. So, our festival context is threefold. A hugely influential play from the Theatre Festival of Athens, beginning on the night of an ancient Persian festival, as part of our beloved Theatre Festival here in Dublin. It's where I planned it that way. Join me tomorrow as we introduce the Battle of Salamis, the unlikely triumph that Athens scored against the Persians and what we might call the inciting incident of our play. This battle took place exactly two and a half thousand years ago at the beginning of autumn in 480 BC. For why that's important and why Aeschylus chose this particular battle as the background for his play, I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. Persians, the podcast, is created and presented by me, Connor Hanrity, and produced by Maura O'Keefe. Signature music is by Mel Mercier, and you'll hear contributions from Edith Hall, Oliver Taplin, and several others, and of course performances by Katrina Nivaraku, Irla O'Linnert, Breedy Nachten, Owen Rowe, and Marie Mullen. The project has been made possible through the generous support of the Arts Council of Ireland. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, and there's more information at persiansthepodcast.com. Mila Buyachis, Ihawa, Hakas Kolasov. Thank you.